0: Thank you guys for having me back. It's been a few years since I'm able to to come and preach for you. Shari and I, my wife, she's with me on this trip as well. We have lots of friends in ministry, but I'm going to tell you there's only one couple that we've ever asked, can we go on vacation with you guys, and it was Christian and Danielle. Don't you just love Pastor Christian and Danielle and how they serve and lead? They're they're the gold standard. I'm not kidding. I, I, they don't pay me to say this. They are the gold standard ministry. I've been doing this for 33 years. You will never meet a finer couple. You'll never meet better people. Uh, you'll never meet a, a sexier pastor. I'm just going to tell you right now, Christian. <laughs> Danielle, how do you how do you control yourself? I don't even know. He's such a good looking man, and uh, and I'm totally I'm totally fine with saying that. I'm securing my manhood. <laughs> We're going to have fun over the next 30 minutes, aren't we? Hey, I am from South Carolina, uh, was adopted when I was just a few weeks old. This year, actually 2019, I'm attempting to uh, find my birth parents. Uh, My mom and dad passed away a few years ago, and I just sent off my DNA to Ancestry.com, and I have no idea what I'm going to find out about myself and where I'm from and who my ancestors were. I think Vikings. I think I'm a Viking. That's kind of how I feel. So we'll see what happens. Hey, I've only got... uh, two and a half hours to preach. So I better go ahead and get started. I'm preaching five times today. Man, I love you a lot. Do you know that? I don't do that for anybody except Pastor Christian. Hey, so let me go ahead and get started without a lot of introduction. Got a long way to go in a short time to get there and we're going to do what they say can't be done. Does anybody know where that came from? Smokey. Smokey and the Bandit. We have four Christians here today that know who Smokey and the Bandit are. I want to, I want to help you guys and ladies understand how we can overcome the lies we believe in our lives. Let me set this up for you as to why it's important to me because I think it's important to you. Um, When I was 39 years old, I lost my dad. I lost nine family members in 12 years. And before I turned 40, I was an orphan again. At least that's how I felt. And as I went through the loss of my family and struggled with a really deep, crushing depression that God eventually delivered me from, I noticed that I was listening to and hearing and believing lies all the time. And I I couldn't figure out where they were coming from. Um, So lies can be sometimes harmless and sometimes very hurtful. We all believe lies. Like I know this is the Midwest and I mean no offense by this, but some of you have believed the lie that you can put sugar in cold unsweetened tea and that somehow that's a good thing. That's a lie from the pit of the devil's hell. Some of you have believed a lie that drinking skim milk is good for you. And I'm gonna tell you what skim milk tastes like. Wet, white, sadness in a cup. That's what <laughs> skim milk tastes like. Some of you have also believed a lie that kale will help you live longer. Maybe it will, but you'll be miserable for the rest of your life. So, and a, hey, full confession, I eat kale at least five times a week because my wife tells me to. So here's the deal. We believe lies. Some of them are silly. Uh, some of them are not hurtful or harmful at all. Um, when I was a kid, my dad was a, he was a real joker. Um, fun guy and always loved to like, I don't know, mess around with my head. So I was a curious little boy. I was in the grocery store with my mom. This was before I even started um, first grade. I think I was in kindergarten. And um, my mom forced me to go grocery shopping with her on Thursdays, and I hated it. But I loved talking to the sweet little old women at the grocery store. And there was a woman at the checkout counter who took um, my mom's money, and she was pregnant. But I was only four. So I didn't know what pregnant meant. I just knew that this woman had a very large stomach. And so one day my mom is in line, she's paying for the groceries and I look at the pregnant cashier and I looked at her belly and I said, what's wrong with you? And I pointed to her belly and my mom said, that's not nice. I was like, no, her belly, there's something in there. And my mom said, we'll talk about it in the car. So we got in the station wagon. Did anybody ever ride in a station wagon? Okay, y'all, this was the 1900s, okay? I was in a station wagon without a seatbelt. Probably eating paint chips with lead. I mean, it was, those were the hard days back then. We were pioneers. I get in the car and I said to my mom, what's wrong with that woman? And my mom said, she's pregnant. I said, what does that mean? She said, your dad will explain it to you when he gets home from work. So my dad comes home from work, walks in. I said, um, daddy, I have a question. And my mom said, yeah. Clayton's been asking all day about something that I don't feel comfortable explaining to a four-year-old little boy. So my dad said, well, what's your question? I said, daddy, what is pregnant? And my dad looked at my mom and said, what have you been talking to our son about? And, uh, and I said, what does it mean to be pregnant? Because there's a woman at the grocery store and her belly is huge and mom said she's pregnant. What does that mean? So here's where the lie comes in, okay? Totally harmless and hilarious, but I believed it. My dad said, well, son, that's what happens when you do not spit out every single watermelon seed. (laughs) Did any of you have parents that deceived you like that? You did? You did scarred me for life. I still to this day, watermelon is my favorite food, but I will spit seeds. I will make sure. I I I just believed him. I was like, oh, there's a watermelon in her stomach. Oh, that's what it means to be pregnant. Oh, and I believed him. And so the next Thursday at the grocery store, my mom's a creature of habit. We go right back into the same checkout line. The woman is still great with child My mom pushes the buggy up. I'm in the buggy. I look at the woman. I point at her stomach and I said, excuse me. She said, yeah. I said, I know what you've been doing. (laughs) And that is a true story. (laughs) You've been swallowing watermelon seeds, right? We can believe lies that are harmless or we can believe lies that really, really hurt us. I want today to help you men and you women, those of you that know Jesus and those of you that may not, I wanna help identify some of the lies that we believe and show you from Scripture how we can overcome those lies because lies actually affect us. Jesus had some things to say about this. If we go to the Scriptures in the Gospel of John, Jesus says in John sixteen thirty three, after he's just preached to his disciples, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. What I love about Jesus, among all the things I love about Jesus, one in specific is this, Jesus never sugarcoated the truth for people. Jesus was always honest. Jesus always told the truth. And Jesus is warning anybody that's gonna follow him, you're gonna have world, uh, trouble in this world. And you know what, if you follow Jesus, you're going to have trouble in this world. If you don't follow Jesus, you're going to have trouble in this world. If you're a Christian, you're gonna have trouble in this world. If you're a Muslim, you're gonna have trouble in this world. If you're gay, if you're straight, you're gonna have trouble in this world. If you're African American or Latino or white like me, you're gonna have trouble in this world. If you're married or if you're single or if you're divorced, this world is a broken place and you're gonna have trouble. But Jesus says you can find peace knowing that when he died on the cross in your place, And when Jesus took the penalty of your sin and my sin because he loved us, he gave us the ability to walk in freedom because Jesus overcame the world. I didn't overcome the world. Jesus did. And because I belong to Jesus and he belongs to me, I walk in the freedom that Jesus purchased for me. I have been a slave to sin and I have been free in Christ. And I'm telling you, freedom is better than slavery. All right? I want you to realize that Jesus literally made a promise here that he overcame the world and we could find peace in him, even in a world that is broken and deceptive and filled with, and I'm not making a political statement, I'm just saying a phrase that you're familiar with, fake news. Our world is full of fake news. I don't know who I can trust and who I can't trust. And let me just go ahead and say this. I hope you're not easily offended because I'm a preacher and I really don't care, all right? I'm gonna tell the truth because I gotta answer to God. If I spend all of my time watching CNN I'm going to be deceived. If I spend all of my time watching Fox News, I'm going to be deceived. I don't care if it's NPR or the NRA. There is only one source of absolute truth I can always trust and is the person of Jesus Christ. So I have decided that no matter what voices are, are spinning around in my head and what lies are coming into my mind through my ears, I'm going to follow Jesus because he has overcome the world. And he's He's the only person who can offer me true, authentic peace. And I want to live like that. I want to live a life of peace. I want to lay my head on my pillow at night and fall asleep knowing that I have a relationship with Jesus and that I don't just get heaven when I die. I get the kingdom of God right now. So I want to just unpack this a little bit for you in the next few minutes that I've got. And I really want to ask you a question as I begin to preach this message. Are you looking... At life, through the lens of a lie, are you looking at life through the through the lens of a lie? When I was in college, a philosophy professor of mine thought that he was going to be clever because he had stumped years and years worth of incoming uh, freshmen and even some upperclassmen with this question. The professor asked this question: How do you know you're being deceived? He asked that to a a room full of religion and philosophy majors. I think I was a sophomore at the time. How do you know you're being deceived? And people had all sorts of answers and all sorts of ideas. And one guy talked about the way you know the difference between a real $20 bill and a counterfeit $20 bill is not by studying the counterfeit, but by studying the real one. And then it dawned on me, and I raised my hand, thinking I would get shot down by the professor. And to answer the question, I raised my hand and I said, You ask us, how do we know we're being deceived? He said, that's right. And I said, you don't. That's the definition of being deceived. You don't know what you don't know. To this day, I still don't know math. (laughs) To this day, I don't. My son's great at it. I think it's a tool of Satan to destroy the universe. I think it all adds up to (laughs) 666, if you ask me. If you're a math teacher, I know you're probably thinking, I could teach you, I wish you would. No, I I don't really hate math. There are things that you just don't know. And if, if the enemy, if the devil, if Satan can find out how to leverage one powerful lie in your life, he can get you to look at everything in your life through the lens of that lie. And you will see life, not as it really is, you'll see life as the enemy wants you to see it. So if you look through the lens of a lie at the life around you, bad things will happen to you because the lies you listen to are leading you somewhere. The lies I listen to are leading me somewhere. Let me give you a few examples. I uh, have been in ministry now for over three decades. I've done a lot of pastoral counseling, a lot of marriage counseling. I have a sibling who is a drug addict My mom and dad uh, were both extremely depressed when they passed away. My dad went through a long bout with heart disease and heart failure and kidney failure and dialysis. So I've lived, I I haven't lived my life. Some people think if you're a preacher, you get a free pass. I promise you that's not how it works. All right. So I've learned that If I listen to lies, they lead me somewhere. When my parents died, I began to listen to a lie. And I know it came from the enemy, but at the time I didn't know where it came from. And here was the lie that I began to listen to. Clayton, you're an orphan again, and you'll always be alone and unloved. Because I grew up knowing I was adopted. My mom was 14 when she got pregnant with me. And there was a bully in the first grade that told me one time I was an ugly baby because my mom gave birth to me, looked at me, and said I don't want him, and gave me away. His name was Mike. He was an eighth grader stuck in the first grade <laughs> and um, had a beard and uh, driver's license. But anyway, still in the first grade. And I can remember, I can remember how hurtful that one moment was in my life. And do you know, seriously, even though my parents taught me that adoption was a beautiful thing and I was always proud of being adopted, it was crazy to me that when my mom and dad died, that lie was still hanging around. And some of you were hurt by something that someone said or did to you when you were little. When you were young. Your dad abandoned the family. Your mom had an affair. Somebody in your extended family abused you, maybe physically, maybe verbally, God forbid, maybe sexually. You you heard someone say something to you, speak a lie over you, and for whatever reason, the enemy leveraged that moment and it began to put roots into your soul and for some of us, we have listened to that lie for so long, it has led us to a place we don't want to go because that lie defined us in some way. You're not good enough. You're not pretty. You're not smart you'll never make enough money to be successful. Your brother will always be better than you. Your sister was always loved more by your parents. Your kids will never achieve anything important. You'll never live in that neighborhood. You'll never drive that kind of car. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never lose 15 pounds. You'll never have a great marriage. Your marriage is doomed. She's gonna leave you. He's gonna have an affair. These are lies, I'm telling you. They can attack you when you least expect it. Driving down the road, going to work, and all of a sudden, this is me. I'm telling you, this is me. Driving down the road, going to work, and a lie will pop into my head. You know your kids are both gonna die. You know where that lie came from? I lost nine family members in 12 years. And I would begin to hear this lie, your kids are next, your wife is next. Everybody that you love dies, you're the common denominator. So the lies that you listen to are leading you somewhere. You don't even know you're being deceived until the truth lovingly, gently and gracefully slaps you upside the face (laughs) and says that is a lie. Do not believe it. The lies you listen to are leading you somewhere. Can I just list off just nine? There are way more than nine, but I'm gonna rapid fire go through the nine lies that I've identified that almost every other life fits into. We're just gonna go through some some categories here. And as I go through these, I just want you to, some of y'all are taking notes and some of y'all are probably gonna get out your phone and screenshot if you have an Apple phone. You can screenshot it if you have a Samsung. I don't know what you're gonna do because those things are a piece of garbage. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm making sure they're still with me. It's eight o'clock service. By the way, when you come to the eight o'clock service in February in Lee Summit, Missouri, you love Jesus more than everybody else in this church. I'm just can I just Can I just speak that over? y'all as an encouragement, here are the nine lies. Number one, God is mad at me. If you think God is mad at you, your life will be a swamp of discouragement and negativity. You'll feel like everything that's happening to you is God doing it to you. Lie number two, I can't forgive or be forgiven. Hey, let me tell you, my mom went to the grave because of lie number two. My mom never forgave anybody. She was a great woman. But she grew up with an alcoholic dad, a World War II vet. And even after he became a Christian at age 60 and Jesus changed his life, my mom could not let go of the pain she had experienced when she was a little girl. And she couldn't forgive anybody. Lie number three, money will solve all my problems. If I just had an extra $10,000 a year, if I could just pay off the house, if I could just be debt-free on the car, if I could just pay off the credit card debt, another $20,000 would just solve all my problems. Hey, I promise you, that's a lie. Kurt Cobain, Elvis Presley, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson. The list goes on and on and on. Lie number four, I'll always be alone and unloved. That was my lie, especially after my mom and dad died. I preached my dad's funeral on Father's Day. And I can remember standing by the coffin. I closed the casket. I actually closed it for the last time. And I can remember when I closed that casket, hearing... Uh, and, I'm not, and I'm not schizophrenic, I've been checked, okay? I'm really not, I'm not nuts, okay? But all of us are a little crazy because all of us are are broken deeply, right? And let's just all own it, let's just wear it. I think you have a better marriage when both of you look at each other and go, yeah, you know what? I thought you were perfect when we were dating, but now I realize you're such a terrible sinner that Jesus had to die to save you too, right? I mean, that's the, that really is the key to a happy marriage when both of you are like, yep, yeah, me too, right? Here's lie number five, sex is no big deal. That's a lie and that's a lie that's ruining our culture right now. Sex is no big deal. Pick whatever gender you wanna be. You wanna be five genders? Go ahead, identify. Sex is no big deal. Sleep with whoever you want to because it's just sex. Sex is no big deal. You can go have a one night stand, hook up at a club or at a party. And if it makes you feel good for the moment, it's just sex. But the medical world knows that's not true. The psychological world knows that that is not true. The business world knows that's not true. That's why we have laws that do not allow you to sexually harass someone. And I was even thinking about it this week. The End It movement is a, a big movement to end human slavery. And some of you may be familiar with that. Uh, this past week, there was um, a big day where people were raising awareness for it and they're putting red X's on the back of their hand. And Louis Giglio, a pastor in Atlanta, a friend of mine, actually helped start the End It movement. And I, and I saw someone say something on social media that I loved. If He said, if you're gonna put a red X on the back of your hand and stand against human slavery, here's where you start. Don't look at pornography. Because our world will say, it's the human body. Do what you want to. Freedom of expression. But we all know that sex is a big deal. Just try having sex with somebody you're not married to and let your spouse find out about it. Sex is a big deal. Lie number six, good people don't suffer. If you live a good life, you shouldn't go through hard times. That's a lie. But that's a lie we believe. We when, 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 we, when we believe the lie that good people shouldn't suffer, what we really do, at least for me, is I think I'm a pretty good guy. I don't deserve to suffer. I see people that are way worse than me, and they are rich and famous and live in large. Why am I not doing as good as they are? And that's where Satan wants to turn our hearts against God. Satan wants to make us doubt God's intentions for us by looking at the lives of other people and comparing, can I just be honest for a minute, comparing our B-roll to their highlight reel. And I'm not against social media. I have, I'm on Instagram. I'm on it every single day. And Instagram is kind of like a chainsaw. It can be used for good or it can be used for evil, right? And what the enemy has done now is he feeds the lies he tells us because we've got a constant ability to scroll through everybody else's airbrushed, edited life and wish that our life was as good as theirs. The next lie, lie number seven, I can't resist temptation. This lie comes in different forms uh, that I can throw out some phrases that you might be familiar with. Here's one, you do you. Have you heard that? You do you. How about this one? It is what it is. It is what it is. I saw, they ask a politician recently, I won't tell you what party they were from, um, They ask a politician a question about an issue and something that the politician had said just a few weeks earlier and they had video footage of that politician saying the exact opposite thing just a few weeks later and they said, how can you explain that? And the politician said, it is what it is. I can't resist temptation. I was born this way. I was born this way. I I was born to drink too much. I was born with an addictive personality. I was born attracted to the opposite sex. I was born attracted to the same sex. I, you know what I was born to do? Eat everything that ends with Edo. <laughs> I hate this lie. I can't resist temptation. I was born to eat Cheetos, Doritos, Torpedoes, Banditos. I love everything that ends with Edo's. And I'm 46. And if I bought into this lie, I would weigh 900 pounds and I'd be dead and my kids be orphaned. You can resist temptation, but Satan tells you that you can't. Lie number eight, I can't change. This is who I am, I've been this way forever. It's genetic, it's DNA, it's in my genes, it's how I was raised, I can't change. My dad died of heart disease, so I guess I will. My mom ran around, I guess I will. My family never saved any money. That's why I guess that's why I don't really have any money saved up. That's a lie. You can change. Second Corinthians 517 says, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. Satan doesn't want you to change. Jesus died so that you could. And then finally, lie number nine. I'll never be happy. I'll never be happy. I'll never have enough money. I'll never have enough success. My career is gonna hit the ceiling. My kids will never be as awesome as those kids. I'll never live in that house. I'll never be happy. You know what? Jesus wants to do something better than make you happy. Jesus wants to make you holy. Happiness is so temporary. Joy is eternal. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And if Satan can convince you that these lies are true, you will look at your life through the lens of a lie and those lies will take you somewhere. Let me read this scripture to you, something that Jesus had to say about this from John chapter eight. In verses 31 and 32, Jesus speaks to a group of people, some who had believed him, others who had not believed he was the Messiah. Jesus says, to the Jews who had believed him, he said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Hold up right there for a second. If you really hold to my truth, to my teachings, you'll be free. And then he says this to the ones who had not believed in him the Pharisees and the religious leaders. He says to them, you belong to your father, the devil, and you wanna carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Where do lies come from? They don't come from God. God will never lie to you. They always come from the enemy. They always come from the devil. And by the way, can I drop a footnote? If you don't believe in the devil, he's really, really happy about that. Because when you don't believe in the devil, he's got you right where he wants you. Because if you think he's a fairy tale character or somebody in a comic book or on some kind of cartoon you watched as a kid, then he can assassinate you and you'll never see him coming. He can blindside you if you don't believe in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus said that Satan was a liar. Jesus said that all lies emanate from the source of lies, Satan himself. He's the father of lies. Now, when you think about that in your life, you have to ask yourself what, what lies have I been believing? And where are those lies leading me? What lies have I believed about God? What lies have I believed about other people? Because Satan will lie to you. Listen, Satan is such a punk, he'll give you permission to sin. He'll tempt you with something. He'll convince you it's okay. He'll convince you to give in. He'll convince you it's not a big deal. He'll tell you to sin. He will give you permission to sin. And the minute you sin, he'll condemn you with shame for the sin you just committed. He'll tell you it's okay to sin and that God will forgive you. And the minute you sin, he'll tell you that God doesn't love you, that God is mad at you, and that you're not really a Christian. And did you know this? If you are a Christian, Satan will lie to you and tell you that you're not saved. And if you're not a Christian, Satan will lie to you and tell you, it's okay, you're fine. Everybody's going to heaven. How could a loving God send anybody to hell? Everybody's okay. We all believe the same thing. We're all gonna wind up in the same place. He is such a liar. And if you can keep that in mind, it'll change the way that you live. And here's why. It's the final point I have, because knowing the truth doesn't set you free, doing it does. That's what Jesus just said in John chapter eight. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Knowing the truth doesn't set you free, doing it does. What did Jesus say right before that? If you hold to my teachings. You can know that smoking cigarettes will kill you, but if you don't stop smoking Camel non-filters, you're gonna die of lung cancer. I know that if I eat a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts three times a week, it's going to affect my blood sugar, it's gonna affect my cholesterol, and it's gonna affect my overall health. Then I need to avoid the Krispy Kreme donut shop. And there is one just a few miles from my house. And I've lived there for four and a half years and I've only been through the drive through one time. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Not a sin to eat Krispy Kremes, right? Here's the point. I have to do something with what I know to be true. Yeah. We're really great as Americans at affirming things that we believe are true and saying that we believe they are true and agreeing with statements of truth. But we're really, really bad at doing anything about it. The, the gentleman that came and picked me up from the hotel this morning is a police officer here in Lee Summit from New Mexico. We talked on the way over here. We drove a little bit slower because the roads were rough. I said, what's it like to be a police officer here in Lee Summit? And he was telling me what it was like to be a police officer. And he said, and then we get these funny calls. We'll have someone call up the station and say, there's an older person walking down the road and they look like they might be lost. Can you guys go do something about it? And... The the man that picked me up, some of you guys know him. He said, I've always wondered if you are so concerned about that man walking down the road without a coat, why don't you stop and check on him? See, knowing the truth does not set you free, doing it does. Can I illustrate this for you? I actually, the reason why I'm so passionate about this, I actually wrote a book about it. I wrote a book, it's called Overcome. And I wanna read you a story from the end of the book. I had sent in the manuscript for this book. It was in the publisher's hands, And I had to call the publisher and said, stop the editing process. This needs to be the final closing story in my book. Because this is a true story that happened to a woman in our church. I want to read it to you with her permission. I've changed some of the details and cleaned it up. It was a rated R story. I've made it PG. Let me read just a portion of this. And I want you to see how Satan will destroy a life with lies And how the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you hear that God loves you, and when you hear that God can bring you freedom, and when you believe it, it will change everything. Listen to this. This was a message a young lady sent me on Facebook. Clayton, I know you're the pastor at New Spring Church, and I wanted to say thank you for everything that you do and the gospel that's preached at our church. I just moved to the coast of South Carolina several months ago. I was living a terrible life. I was an exotic dancer. I struggled every day with drinking and drugs. I was taking pills to cope with the fact that I did not want to be there. I believed that stripping was the only way I could make money because I never graduated from high school. Also, my mother and my father are not in my life at all. My dad's an alcoholic and my mom's a drug addict. Do you hear the lies? I dropped out of school so I'm stupid and I'll never make any money so I have to sell my body to men. Do you hear that lie? Do you hear the lie? My mom's an alcoholic. My dad's a drug addict. I'll never be any better than them. I guess it's just who I am and what I'm gonna be. So her life was falling apart. She'd believed a lie. And what happens when you believe a lie? They take you somewhere. Then she says this, I was lost and down. I thought about suicide. My boyfriend and I decided we would try to start over. We found different jobs. I was hired at a new place and I met a lady who invited me to your church. She pulled the app up on her phone, showed me some of your messages. I came the next Sunday, the sermon moved me. I kept getting goosebumps the whole time. At the invitation, I stood up. I was singing and crying. I thought someone was whispering to me, so I opened my eyes and saw everybody else was singing too. Then I heard the Lord say to me, it was time to give him my life. Right then and there, I walked the aisle toward the back of the auditorium. I prayed with someone and I gave my life to Jesus. Listen to this. I was baptized the next Sunday and now I feel so extremely blessed. I wanted to tell you how thankful I am for how Jesus has changed me. I look forward to going to church every Sunday now so I can hear the gospel and feel loved and accepted. All she ever wanted was to feel loved and accepted, to belong. And hey, I might have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. I know a few things about human nature. We all want to be loved and accepted. At the end of the day, we want to matter. We want to belong. And Satan will shipwreck your life by lying to you every day to tell you you don't belong, you are not loved, you are not accepted, God is mad at you, people don't like you, you will never ever fit in. And Jesus Christ says to you, whispers to you, no matter what you've done, no matter what lies you believe, the minute you will say yes to my love, everything will change. And the truth, the smallest truth, will send the biggest lie on the run. And the lies vaporize when you hear the truth of Jesus' love for you. And in case you've never heard it, I want to say it before I pray. Jesus cares deeply for you. And he does not hold your sin against you. If you will repent of your sin and confess it to Jesus, the Bible promises in 1 John 1, 9, he will forgive you and cleanse you. So no matter how far you've gone down a bad path, you can always turn around. Because Jesus made the way. So if you are a Christian and you believe lies, today they stop. In Jesus' name, today you walk in the freedom and the truth of who Jesus said you are. And if you're not a Christian and you believe lies about God, his existence, the Bible, the veracity of the scriptures, whether Jesus is really raised from the dead, whether or not you could actually trust God or the church, today I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna speak truth to you. And I believe some of you, even right now, are gonna be set free from the power of a lie. Would you pray with me? Close your eyes, open your hearts. I just wanna ask you, if you have never trusted in Jesus as your savior, if you don't know whether you would go to heaven or hell if you passed away, if you have wondered for days or maybe even months or maybe years, whether or not you really have a relationship with Jesus, you can nail it down right now. Satan is whispering lies to some of you right now telling you, you don't need to become a Christian. You're okay. Everything is fine between you and God. Don't listen to that guy up there on the stage. But the Holy Spirit is whispering to you right now telling you, confess and repent, be saved. Trust me, give me a chance. Which voice will you listen to? Hey, if you've never truly surrendered everything to Jesus, you can invite him in right now. Pray this right where you sit. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray it in your heart because Jesus hears you. If you wanna be set free from the power of sin and the power of deception, and you are ready to give everything to Jesus, ask him right now to save you. Pray this to him in your heart. Jesus, I need you. I need you to save me. Forgive me of my sin. Help me start over. I open my life to you. I believe you love me. I believe you died in my place. So I give you control of my life. I put my faith in you, Jesus. I'm all yours. And I'm all in.